chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. I will be reading from the Revised Standard Version. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose your reward. Words from God for the people of God. Thank you for inviting me, or at least Reverend Holler did. You probably didn't have a vote, but thank you. Um, We would like to think that we would welcome Jesus Christ if he came knocking on our door. We'd say, come on in. And we'd recognize him immediately and we would be joyous that he was coming in with us. And, And we might even think about creating a meal for him because we we know because we're Methodists good food makes good company and good conversation and even the scripture says that Jesus loves to break bread with the common folk and we're common folk but what if he comes and We're short on the groceries for that special dish that we always make for company. What if he walks into a messy house? What if the chair that he was going to sit in has got laundry in it that we haven't folded and taken care of yet? And what if you haven't, you've just been so busy, you haven't vacuumed, you haven't dusted. What if your house is a total mess? There's dirty dishes in the sink. Would you welcome the King of Kings in the same way as if everything was perfect? Sometimes our dreams just don't match reality. Sometimes... We don't see things the way they really are. Well, this morning, the gospel from Matthew is short and sweet, straightforward, right to the point. But let's take a little longer look and figure out what Matthew is really telling us in this lesson You knew that was coming, didn't you? You knew it wasn't going to be just short, didn't you? (laughs) So, put your thinking caps on and let's kind of pull those little verses of Matthew apart. So, in this, Jesus is preparing his disciples to go out and tell the good news to the world. It's their first mission trip. But he's not asking them to go out and nail nails or to fix a disaster in some area. He's asking them to go knock on the doors and ask people if they will listen to him about Jesus. Now, the instructions he gives them are a little skimpy. So they're supposed to take that 
and figure out what to do with it. Kind of like, and I think this is a a guy thing, at least this is a guy thing at my house. You get something out of the box and it's got instructions with it, but you put the instructions down because you don't need those. You got this, right? And when it doesn't got it, then you go back to the instructions, right? See, I knew that. It doesn't just happen at my house. And it didn't just happen there either. He was figuring that people would understand and do what he was asking him to do. The same as he's asking us to door knock and do what we have to do. So now we all know that we cannot talk to somebody and force them to do a positive response to Christ. In the end, free will means freedom to say no, the same as it means to say yes. So individuals must bear the ultimate responsibility for their own souls. So when you come to those pearly gates and you're standing before him, Ain't nobody responsible for the things that you did wrong but you. So there's this whole lot more to this take it or leave it approach to evangelism. And there's examples in the Bible where he's telling us that we are responsible for other people. Too many times he points out that our salvation is wrapped up in the salvation of our neighbors. So in other words, the one who welcomes another in the name of Christ welcomes Christ and God the Father. When we welcome Christ, Christ is no longer the guest. He's the host because he welcomes us into a new life. He's welcoming us into the kingdom of heaven. And when we welcome Christ, Christ welcomes us. Okay, so listen again. And this one is from the Holman Christian Bible. And it says, the one who welcomes you welcomes me. And the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he's righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of those little ones because he is a disciple, I assure you he will never lose his reward. So Jesus is talking about this faith-sharing thing of spreading the gospel. What if the burden of welcome is not really on the one who responds but it's on the one who presents Christ to the world. What if Jesus is not giving the disciples a free pass 
on this hospitality thing, but is in fact raising the bar. So your task is not to go humbly and mumble some sort of an invitation like, uh, you want to go to church with me? No, I didn't think you did. I'm sorry I bothered you. I'm leaving. It'll be okay. See ya. No. That is why Jesus goes on to itemize this passage. He welcomes a prophet. Whoever welcomes a prophet. Whoever welcomes a righteous one. Whoever gives the cup of cold water to the little ones. So here's what I hear, and this is what I'm hoping that you hear as well. Jesus is trying to get us to forget the idea that there are those who are charged with being Christ all the time, and the rest of us, we don't have to worry. We just come to church on Sunday. You know, maybe we go to a Bible study. We do a meet and greet, but it's not our job to door knock. That's what we pay people like Reverend Holler for, you know? He's collecting a paycheck. Let him go do that job. But Paul, the prophet, was a traveling preacher who didn't settle in just one area. He came to stir things up and then move on. Righteous ones could be the leaders in the life of the church, the ones whose lives are examples of faith and whose wisdom was sought out before any decision was made. But the little ones, that's everyone else. Everyone else. New Christians, lifetime saints, young people, elders, we are to be the means by which those outside come to Christ. We are to be the face of Christ to the stranger, to our neighbor, and to our family. So I think there's two parts here. One is to become bearers of the cold water. Jesus raises hospitality to an eternal significance. We are to take the task of hospitality far more seriously than we do. We re-examine our structures at church, and we ask how we're doing, and we enlist more and more people in the task of welcoming until the church understands that it is everybody's responsibility to fill the pews and to grow in Christ. We must take that responsibility just as seriously as Jesus Christ. So now the second part, I think, is to receive the hospitality, as Jesus tells us to do. The scripture literally is about receiving the hospitality, not just giving the cup of water, to receive the cup of water. So how do we accept that? Can Christ be seen in our gratitude the same as he's seen in our generosity? You know, what about this whole idea of hospitality? And why in the world would 
the lectionary say the month of July is supposed to be about hospitality. Who, who do we include? What do we surrender to make that inclusion happen? Yeah, maybe that's a stretch, but you know, it, it's something that we should ponder. Because the God in, in this story is somewhat incomprehensible, unlike the God that we know in Jesus. And we aren't second-guessing, just saying, help me figure out what to do. You know, it's really easy to say, God, your ways are not my ways. But now is the time to declare that we need to grow. We need to learn. We need to learn how to grow in Jesus Christ. Jesus does nothing against the will of his father. He doesn't even send the workers without his father's authority. So they're sent door knocking. And they go with the authority of the one who sent them, John 17, 18. So here's this other connection or analogy. It's a mathematical one. Some of you guys are mathematically thinking, this person is not. I just spent the last year doing an inclusion math class with an eighth grade teacher who was trying to teach them and me. I don't think I learned. I know I didn't pass class, I'll tell you that. But she talked about transitive relationship. She said that is the value of something being transferred to the value of something else. So the mathematical thing says A equals B, B equals C, therefore A equals C. So in a similar way, Jesus' workers are doing the same in receiving him. So if receiving Jesus is the same as receiving God the Father, then no one can be in God's favor if they will not receive welcome from whom Christ is sending to them. So if someone comes to you with a message, it is your responsibility, your freedom to say yes and listen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord is letting us know that each of us has a part in his kingdom on the earth work. Even if we are on the receiving end of that work, we have a part to play. Jesus says when we receive those he sends, we receive him. A equals B. He lets us know that when we participate in the work of those he sends, we share in that reward. He lets us know when we do something for them in his name, even though it's maybe forgettable, he does not forget. And that, my friends, is what Jesus is saying about hospitality. Good food, good company, good hospitality, 
we are charged with hospitality. We are charged to leave here, have some good food, because I got told by three people, y'all were doing covered dish. And I was not to bring anything, but to come enjoy good food, good company, good conversation, and share the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.